so people can hang all over you and pray all morning. This is just wonderful. Uh, you know, my, my wife isn't here this morning because uh, our daughter had moved from the Seattle area about a month and a half ago with her husband and her boy, but she's pregnant, but, uh, but not anymore as of last yesterday. So little Liam was born. Uh, we call him Liam the 13th. Sounds a little like a Scottish king or a pope or something, but he's the, our 13th grandchild, and he's <laughs> gorgeous. Yeah, he's got a Brazilian father, a soccer player, and uh, man, he's already got the legs and feet for it. This kid is... Anyway, sorry, enough about that, but Patty's, Patty sends her love and wishes she could be here. I, I just uh, have to say, I, I wish everybody was in the first four rows. But, but I really thrive on your response. Yes, sir. Bruce, I could I, I just have him here. I, I'd love to have him just at the kitchen table every morning saying, yes, yes. <laughs> Brother James, I want to hear you. And, and you, if you would just listen to these two brothers and just, let's just start a chorus here. Every, every time I say anything halfway right, you just stand up and point at me and say, that's it, right? Something like that. Just, just feel free. Because we're, we're really, we're, we're feeding each other this morning. Uh, I, I chewed on some things and I'll spit them out. But, but uh, everybody, everybody uh, really, uh, if you're soaking uh, we're really living here. So I'm glad you're here. Feel free to be as uh, vocal as you want. If you run up here and give me a hug, oh, it's wonderful just to help yourself. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I brought this. This was my, my wife's dad's. It's a radio in case some of you younger ones don't recognize it. <laughs> the reason I brought it is in this room right now, there are literally hundreds of radio waves, sending messages. But without this radio, you don't even know they're here. So, but if you turn this on and you tune it, you actually can get all the messages loud and clear. Well, we're, we're made in an interesting way. Let's just, uh, let's start with Genesis. Do we have that verse up there? Can we put Genesis 2-7 up there for me? How are we doing? There it is. Listen to this. It says, I'm going to read that because it might be different than mine. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. There, there are three steps there. God took dust and he formed a body. Then he breathed into him, and that word breath in the Hebrew is the same as spirit. So he literally breathed his spirit into man, and then man became, in, in, uh, in other verses, and, and it's more accurate, the actual word is became a living soul. So we have a body, and we have a spirit in the middle, and we have a soul. Now, God uh, told them, you have a choice. And this is where we're going this morning. He, he gave them two trees. He said you have the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and you have the tree of life. He said, feel free to eat of that tree of life until you're gorged, but don't touch the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he said, if you do, in that day, you will surely die. 
Well, we know from the records that Adam and Eve did eat of that tree of knowledge, and they didn't physically die, but something died. They were left with only their body and their soul, but the radio, the spirit that God had breathed into them, went dormant. So man and... They were left with just their mind, will, and emotions, and their body trying to obey God. I've been reading a book on Normandy over the last month, the invasion and D-Day, and I found it's fascinating, but they invaded that beach not to get Normandy, but to create a place where they could unload all of their troops and equipment and start an invasion of the whole place. They weren't just after a beach. They were after a beachhead. Well, our spirit in this life is God's beachhead. When I was in high school, I worked, I'd worked at Safeway for three years as a bag boy. And uh, the, the fall of my senior year, I met Jesus. I asked him to come in, and nobody taught me anything, but suddenly, in one day, I went from a person who didn't, I, I, did, I went to a Catholic grade school growing up, I didn't even know on Sunday mornings when they were reading the Gospels and Epistles that they were reading out of the Bible that those Protestants read. I had no idea it was even the Bible. And, and uh, I, I didn't like the singing part, and uh, I d- avoided the Christians in my high school. Like the plague. I made fun of them. In one night, I'm suddenly hungry for the Bible. I start to sing. <laughs> See, this, I'm as bad as Jerry. He kept saying how, how he cries all the time. I, I started to sing a hymn, and I start to weep. Suddenly, I'm at Safeway, and instead of avoiding Christians, I'm looking across thinking, I think that lady's a Christian. And I'm running over to introduce myself just to be sure. So I'm literally pursuing Christians, and I love spending time with them. No, you know what happened? I wasn't taught anything. I wasn't discipled. My radio was turned on. When I received him, he lit up my spirit. And suddenly, something inside me pursues him, loves him, knows him. And in Normandy, it's fascinating, you know, when they'd go, these troops would go in, they'd get scattered, some would parachute in, some would come in by boat and other ways. But if they got their radio lost, suddenly all they're doing is reacting to situations. They don't know what the commander wants. They don't know where the rest of the troops are. They can't call in artillery and, and other protections or the airplanes, whatever. All of a sudden, they are just wandering, reacting to the problems that face them. Well, I tell you what, before that day in the fall of 1971, I was just reacting to problems. In fact, I was self-centered, self-aware, shy, pretty useless. <laughs> but, but suddenly, I saw people, and I knew they felt like I felt, and they had needs like I had. And, and suddenly, I saw God overseeing it all. Suddenly, I knew where my life was going, why it was here. Overnight. So we have this wonderful opportunity. Anybody here who hasn't had an experience like that, you have, an, have, a, you have a chance right now. Because all you do, it says, 
It says, whoever receives him, to them he gives a right to become a child of God. Just like that. It's, you don't work up to it. You don't change things. You don't clean yourself up first. Receive him. So feel free, even as I'm sharing, if you lose track of what I'm saying, it's fine. I could understand. If you receive him, you'll have such an awareness suddenly of his presence with you, you won't care what I say, which would be marvelous. <clears throat> so, but, uh, you know, it, Paul has the same understanding. If we can go to 1 Thessalonians 5.23, just so we confirm this. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. Three parts. In fact, if you look at a couple of words in the Greek, the word, you know, in, in the Bible, there are words that have different Greek words that we translate as the same word. One is love. Love actually comes from three main Greek words. One is eros, which has to do with physical love you know, sexual attraction, those kinds of things. Filio, which is brotherly love, where we get the word, you know, Philadelphia, the, the city of brotherly love. It's a, it's a brotherly kind of love. And then agape, which many of you are aware of, which is God's kind of selfless, gorgeous, spiritual love. So there are the three. Another one, the word for life. The word for, uh, the, the one word is bios in the Greek, which where we get the word biology and just has to do with our physical body. One is um, life, oh, suke. This is interesting. It's, it's the Greek, it sounds like suke, but it's spelled P-S-Y-C-H-E. It's psych. It's where we get the word psychology, and that has to do with our soul. It's actually translated as soul in a lot of places. When it says to deny your soul, it's actually saying deny your suke. Your mind, your will, and the emotions, what makes you inside? The third is zoe. It is an uncreated, uh, un, um, eternal, spiritual life. So everything that God has for us is lined up around these three parts. And frankly, we can go uh, w without knowing about our spirit. Too much of our life is spent trying to use our body and soul to obey God. That's what the Israelites did. Uh, in fact, if you look at history, this is fascinating. Think of the point where Adam and Eve were, were, were created, and they're told to spread out and fill the whole earth and subdue it. But they, right at the beginning, they sin, so they start to spread out. But by the time Noah comes around, God says, there is, this, this humankind is such a mess, I can only find one family that's still following me. So there's a flood. Noah's family comes out, so that, that spreading fan narrows down to one family again. Then that starts to spread. Well, eventually, Moses is called out after some punishment that, that folks go through, and, and he leads them out, and then he goes to Mount Sinai, gets a bunch of laws, and then this Jewish thing starts. But, but it, God tries to put every law possible into their life so that their whole life from the time they wake up in the morning till they go to bed at night through their whole life, there's something that they have to be doing. But Paul says, God gave, in, in Galatians, he says, God gave all those laws only as a schoolmaster to teach them that they can't do it on their own. 
no matter how much, how many miracles God gives, how much, how, how powerful he works in their life, how he saves whole nations, drowns pharaohs, you know, parts seas, does all the things, no matter what he does, uh, all they're left with is their soul and their body, which the Bible defines as the flesh. It's our nat or natural man or our carnal man. All those refer to man without a spirit, just with our, our, our body and soul. So he said, Paul says that God created all those laws just as a schoolmaster to teach man that with only your body and soul, you can't please God. In fact, you can't live much of a satisfying life. But... When, uh, like Nicodemus going to God, uh, Jesus, what do, what do I have to do? And Jesus says, you have to be born again. He says, you have to go back into mother's womb. Nope, there's a part of you in man that died. You need to bring it back to life. So that's, thank you. <laughs> hey, are, are the Wallaces here? Joe? They come? Nope, didn't make it. Oh, there we, just wanted to uh, thank you for coming this morning. I heard you were back in town. They, they'd gone to Branson, Missouri for a while. They've moved back into town. They're visiting Larry and here this morning. And just wanted to say hi. <laughs> you have anything to say? Yeah. <laughs> All right, we won't embarrass you anymore. All right. So let's go to Romans 8. Because this is where he, he lays it out. Gosh, I think I still have time. Amen. All right. <clears throat> Starting right at the beginning, I hope this version is the same. Do we have the New American Standard, do you know, so I can read it off here? Huh? Okay. Well, this is King James? Okay, that's perfect. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law couldn't do, that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. That He, he condemned sin in the flesh. He actually went through all that suffering on the cross to take care of sin. But in order that... The law, the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, not by us. It actually gets fulfilled in us. What's the brother's name right behind you? Yeah, I, what is it? You know, every time I see you, I think, you must have just recently experienced this because there is such a glow on your face. I just, I just, something happened. Nobody convinced you, right? You just said, I surrender, and... <laughs> well, I tell you what, you're an encouragement just to look at. But in us, who don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Listen to this. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded, in other words, just having your soul and body to work with, is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. 
life and peace. There's an option. You know, Pastor, <laughs> Pastor was talking about uh, a couple of weeks ago about, on a, on a, I think on a Wednesday night, about these two mountains that God had set up. And he had all the promises of life on one mountain and all the, the uh, threats uh, of death and on the other side. And he says, choose life. Yeah. Choose life. In the garden, God is saying, choose life. Don't eat of this tree. It sounds good. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. Don't touch that. Choose life. And the whole, and, and, and all of the Old Testament is encouraging the saints to choose life. And so here we are. We can choose life. Uh, we can choose death, which is death. We, we can choose our flesh and working out of our own strength. Or we can choose life <laughs> spiritually minded. And we get life and peace. Life and peace. That's a good way to spend your school years, by the way. Life and peace. I would choose that if you had a choice right now. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it's not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. If you go back a chapter, Paul is saying, you know, I try to do good and I just do evil. And I, you know, I keep struggling and, I, and everything I try to do, it doesn't work out. And then at the end he says, but thanks be to God. Through Jesus Christ. And that, so our, our own flesh, we go through that Romans 7 struggle all the time. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone doesn't have the spirit of Christ, he's not his. Now, li listen to this, though. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 6, 17. Because... It's not like we've just been given a radio so that we can hear God in us. It says, but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Which means when, the, when our spirit comes alive, he comes in. He actually lives with us in there. So it's like you're, so it's like you're in Normandy and you turn on your radio and Eisenhower is with you. Every, every resource he has, every whisper of wisdom, every direction in our life, every, you know, it, it says in Peter to cast all your cares on him. That word cast is different in different words for it in the Greek. This particular cast means a light, a light toss. We don't have to cast our cares. He's right here, Eisenhower. He's right here. He came into our radio when we received him, it's just a toss. He, everything that we need, all the burdens lifted, are healing, physical healing. Uh, direction for our life. Love for our spouse. Even enthusiasm for Jesus in front of people who don't know him. Uh, courage, lack of fear, lack of anxiety, physical needs, Food on the table, bread. It's, it's all there, already provided inside us. Yeah. With a person in there yeah. <laughs> who, loves to, who loves to be with us, interact with us, take our burdens, encourage us, fill us up. In fact, 
let's see. I'll make sure I got this verse finished up. Or you don't, with the 1 Corinthians 16, it goes on in verse 19. And don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you're not your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which is God's. Well, this is, this is, I think I'm good. This is where it gets fun. Because Paul, you know, he's, Paul says physical exercise profits little, but spiritual exercise profits a bunch, not only in the life to come, but here. So how do you exercise? I think, I'd never seen this before, and you may come, back, come to me afterwards and say, no, nah, that was wrong. But, but starting in Romans 8.31, he says, what then shall we say to these things? He's listed all this stuff that's gone on, that we have this choice, we have this choice between life and death, between the spirit and the carnal flesh, going on our own or going with all of his, his uh, power. He says, what shall we say to these things? I think he's saying, so, so what should we say out loud? If that's the case, what should we be speaking? Well, if God is for us, who can be against us? Now, you're, you're, uh, Jerry said he woke up to his drain in his shower plugged yesterday. He thought it was an attack, trying to get him distracted from the message he was given this morning. Well, what if in the, right in the middle of that conversation, you choose your spirit and you say, if God is for me, who can be against me? You're, you're, you're choosing life. Let's see. He who didn't spare his own son but delivered him up for us all... You can even stop there. You've, you've struggled. Maybe you've, you've failed. Well, I have. But God delivered his own son up for me. You choose life. You choose the truth. I'm not talking about, you know, putting a pretty face on things. Right now, we live in a country where there are all kinds of things going on, and we're getting lied to, and we have no idea what's actually happening. There's the actual truth, and then there's what we're presented. Well, we have an enemy who spends his whole life presenting us with falsehoods. So in the middle of a, a, a failure, Jesus was delivered up for me. God took the most expensive thing in heaven, poured it out. The cross didn't show how bad our sin was. It showed how valuable we are to him. So, so say this out loud. I, I really think if I could see right now, I'd continue on. <laughs> Put up the next verse, would you? Is there another one? <laughs> All right. Would you mind reading this nice and loud? Yeah. Everybody say it. <laughs> Good. Now, that's not the verse I wanted, but I just love that verse. <laughs> okay, he delivered us up. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? 
You're short on stuff. The end of the month is coming. How shall he not freely give us all things? Just start saying that. Agree with the part in you that he made alive, that is fresh and new and full of truth. Don't go with our mind, our will, and emotions, and our, our body's effect on that. Okay. It's God. Okay. In verse 34, it says, who is he who condemns? It's Christ who died, and furthermore, also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Sometimes we feel like we're cut off from God. Not actually. He's making intercession for you right now by name. That's the truth. Line up with that. Paul says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do you know scientists have found out now that they used to think you, your brain was pretty much settled when you were three or four years old and you just had to live with it? Well, through all the new science they have now, they can track the fact that if you think differently, it's like little goat trails. Like, uh, let's say you disappoint someone and normally that makes you depressed. You literally, physically, they can see it. Your, your uh, neurons and synapses up there can reroute and go to a different place. Physically. I don't, I'm not saying science replaces it. I'm not talking about positive thinking. I'm saying God made us in a way that our mind can be transformed. But it takes us making choices every day to choose the tree of life. Not the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It'll kill us every time. Okay. What will separate us from the love of Christ? Well, there's a list, <laughs> some of which we haven't even had the, the opportunity to enjoy yet. Distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, maybe once, peril, sword. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm persuaded neither death or life, angels, principalities, powers, nor things present or things to come. And we have a few of those on our mind lately. Nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ. So if you, if you walked in this morning maybe feeling ashamed, confused, uh, tempted, aimless, all, all those things, we're working in our flesh. We're trying to use our mind to figure out stuff our will to choose differently and be better, our emotions to somehow work up a, a, a feeling. Everything we need is in our spirit. And our spirit is joined, one spirit, with the most powerful being in the universe. There's no reason to live with your anxiety you came in with. Well, that's good enough. Any thoughts? <laughs> you know, uh, walking in, having all those uh, dear saints pray for me, I just, oh, I'm, I, I went off. Should I yell louder? Did I, did I hit something? Hello? There we are. Am I still there? Oh, good. <laughs> Radio's on. Uh, just realizing that uh, prayer here isn't a function, it isn't out of a missile. <laughs>
It isn't uh, out of the prayer book that we're all handed when we walk in. Prayer is something that is real and vital in this place because people really care about each other. And they've seen people raised from the dead, healed, freed from their family issues, uh, 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 you know, provided for in miraculous ways. And uh, so people just believe in prayer here. So I'd like to, uh, we, we do this kind of as a, as a routine, but I hope it doesn't feel like that this morning. Yeah. Oh, what do I do with it? Oh, good. My battery. My battery. Well, good. This is, oh, there we are. Yeah. Anyway, this is the time when, uh, if you did come in with any of those things, it'd be a, a good time to come up. And I don't know why, but Jesus decided that we'll be better off with two or more than just by ourselves. He's, he's so smart. So if you're carrying some of that and you just want to release it, you want to just let it go. Just, uh, you can come up here, and uh, there'll be some uh, brothers and sisters who love just to pray and help carry those burdens. It does say for us to bear one another's burdens. So it'd be a good time to let it go. Uh, even uh, if, if you're not comfortable even coming up, just raise your hand. Someone can come to you. Yeah. Or we could just, uh, let's just all stand up. And ask, uh, ask the person next to you right now, are, are, is there anything you want to let go? Just, let's just ask. <laughs> I'll take, give you 30 seconds. <laughs> I'm just seeing a lot of smiles. The Lord is good. Yeah, let's... Uh, You know, it also says that we uh, teach and admonish one another with songs and hymns and spiritual songs. I suddenly loved singing that day uh, in October of 1971 when he lit me up. So we talk about singing in the spirit. Well, let's just sing from our spirit this morning as we... As we uh, as we sing the song and they lead, they're only leading, they aren't entertaining. So everyone from within, no matter what your voice sounds like or your head says, let's really worship him. Yes. 
banqueting table. You know, the Lord, when uh, he had his disciples on that last supper, he said, do this in remembrance of me. You know, I, I don't think over the, over the uh, centuries, there isn't in every part of the world always bread or wine even available. And yet there are saints who do this. I'm just saying these uh, these are uh, their symbols, and bread is very symbolic in the Bible, and so is wine. But this, I think, is what he's talking about. Just just 
being together, reminding each other what he did, celebrating it. It's interesting, Jesus lost some disciples at one point because he said, I'm the bread of life. He who eats me, even he shall live because of me. This is, uh, this is an, an extraordinary symbol. Everybody have one of these? It's an, it's, it's an amazing symbol of the fact that as we take in and enjoy Jesus himself, his life, as he gets installed in us, poured in by his spirit, that we get life. So Lord, we thank you for your bread of life, for your body broken for us. And um, I wish we could all get a glimpse of that, that moment when Jesus' blood was poured out. We could be there just for a flash second and see what that gruesome scene was like. Because never again would we question whether we're loved by him. And never again would we judge each other. Because we'd realize if he loves them that much, who am I? to judge another man's servant. So his blood is all about our forgiveness, his love for us, even our unity as the bread is. And so united together, let's enjoy. Thank you, Lord, you're so good.